This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by the Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to thebeanbastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to the Bean Bastard for supporting this show. The Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. People say you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard. You have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not having fun doing it, you're going to give up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John. This episode's guest is Jaron Grobe, three-time inline skating X Games gold medalist. Uh, this was interesting. Uh, this came about uh, due to a mutual friend between the two of us, uh, Alfonso from Heartsick. And he had reached out and had been trying to put us together for a little while and just, you know, COVID being a thing, uh, just never really kind of panned out. But we were able to finally get it done. And it was really interesting, actually, to kind of pick someone's brain from more of the extreme sports side of things. And it kind of was interesting leading up to this chat, you know, knowing that we were going to be doing it. You know, thinking in the last couple of days here where I live, like one of our roads have been repaved and it just, it's funny when you are into sports or a certain thing and you did it at such a young age, how even thinking about something, something that like a smell or something is like fresh paved uh, roads make you immediately just go back to being a kid and, and the excitement of being a kid was something like that. And all I could think of was, I wish I had a skateboard so I could just like ride my skateboard on this fresh, fresh pavement. And it was one of those things where it also brought back, you know, knowing I was talking to Jaron, a lot of memories of, you know, getting together with my friends and going skating and, and having like a, a bunch of different people, you know, we had like still to this day, I actually still have friends that are inline skaters and they still see the world differently as I feel like a lot of us in, in those kind of things do. And you know, it just kind of is interesting to think back to being young and, you know, bicycles are kind of the first thing you get, or maybe, you know, if you were lucky and had, you know, rollerblades or whatever, but, you know, thinking about when I got that skateboard and when I got a bike, how the freedom you have of like being able to travel away from home, you know, you're not old enough to drive yet, but, uh, it gives you this sense of freedom, uh, to, to finally go out and go travel faster, uh, to different places. And, 
it was just kind of interesting to, to look back on on my childhood and, and kind of thinking about uh, my young adolescence as well of skateboarding and all the people I would hang out with and even in that with the counterculture of you know music and the way we dressed and, and all those kind of things but still we're kind of met with some resistance as to you know who we were based on outward appearances and thinking about how you know we were kind of not permitted to be places just because oh you have a skateboard you're going to ruin something and it's like what would be the difference between us skating here versus say people coming to play a game of football on the lawn and tearing it up doing that like it's interesting to just kind of think about how the perception of people based on a, an event or a thing that they do is all they're known for and the the bad stigmas i guess attached to some of these things and you know, it was kind of fun just to pick someone's brain who has lived that, literally. Uh, as you'll hear, Jaron <laughs> has basically been doing this professionally since he was 14. And it's wild to think about being a professional at anything uh, at such a young age, let alone uh, such an extreme sport where, um, you know, I feel like youth is kind of on your side as far as the risks you're willing to take and so forth and uh, the life lessons it teaches you along the way, but also just what an amazing opportunity to kind of learn about the world around you. Um, you know, being able to travel professionally and all that kind of stuff and, you know, to do it at such a high level, uh, obviously, as I said in the intro of, uh, the beginning of this, where Jaron basically has won three gold medals at X games, uh, back when inline skating was still a part of that. And it's just, it's just kind of wild to be able to talk to some of these different people and the connections you make and how you're one person removed, uh, from a lot of interesting people. And so without further ado, this is my conversation with Jaron. And I'll talk to you on the other side of it. So, like I was kind of saying to begin with, this is just really just a conversation. And Alfonso was like, you know who you need to talk to? My friend who's like won X Games gold and all this kind of stuff. And I was, and it was funny because the name didn't resonate initially. I was like, wasn't he on the cover of like an inline video game or something like that? Or wasn't he a character? I was like, I feel like I remember him from that. And I go, God, that speaks to like sort of our generation of like, you may not remember someone, but you remember like this weird secondhand thing that they were associated with. Potentially. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. That's gotta be kind of weird. I feel like at times for you is, I mean, especially like being associated with so many people's memories. Like I feel like, I feel like people are, cause I think if you know, Alfonso and we're roughly, I think, I think he's like maybe a year or two older than me. And then we've got to be like in the 40 ish or close to or on the other side of area. Right. Correct. Yep. I just okay. turned 41. So, <laughs> okay. so it's one of those where I feel like at times things exist for us in different like parts of our lives. And, and what I mean by that is like, I was thinking the other day, cause like in our area, they're like repaving like all of the roads in like our little neighborhood and we're like the last one that has to be done, even though we have like the shittiest road. <laughs> and I was walking the dog yesterday and I was just thinking about how, like in this like little cul-de-sac area, I was like, man, I want to go get a skateboard again and just like fucking skate on this like fresh pavement. 
and just oh, enjoy being sure. able to go like super quick. Like the only thing I got to worry about is like sticks and maybe some tiny pebbles, but like <laughs> just remembering the feeling of like how exciting it was to find like a, a stretch of brand new pavement that hadn't really been, you know, all fucked up with anything and just like oh, how sure. much more fun it was to just skate. And I had the epiphany though, that I was like, yeah, but I also remember eating a lot of shit and that's why my wrists still are like just garbage. And I was like, at almost 40, do I really even want to do that? Is it worth the money yeah, and the time that, and investment? That is uh, one thing for sure that stopped a lot of people from doing action sports is uh, getting hurt is no fun for sure. But it's interesting because I feel like there was, and I feel like you were kind of a part of it in with inline skating kind of becoming big, skateboarding kind of becoming big, that you kind of really hit it at a point where it went from being kind of underground to mainstream and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is kind of an interesting talking point of literally action sports. Having that flip was, and I, th I think it was, I think it was the X games 99 where Tony Hawk did the 900. Yeah, correct? I was actually, yeah, I was actually, they had two vert ramps and I was standing on the other vert ramp cause I was uh, competing in the 99 X games and it was really super cool, just the energy and the vibe going on when he did that. And and then they blew it up, too, and which made it just, you know, all the sports pretty much just get in the mainstream and get huge. And also Travis Pastrana jumped his uh, motorbike into the ocean it was pretty wild, too. So <laughs> there's lots of craziness that went on at the. You know, there. a lot of times, you know, talking to different band people, you kind of talk about these moments in time where you're able to you know, if we're talking about like the metal core scene of like the late nineties, early two thousands, like everyone was kind of like, it felt like something was happening. Like it was building to this thing. And then eventually a band or a song or a tour or something happens and it's able to just, that's the moment. That's the moment where everything changed, but you can kind of feel it as it's sort of happening. Was there that for this? Because I don't really know that um, I, think really it, had, I think it like, was for skateboarding, but uh, I inline skate and it was, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, uh, that might have been the huge turning thing for skateboarding into the public, you know. Um, I don't really know if there was one exactly I can think of for inline skating because it also went really big and then came crashing down. Um, and now it's starting to get back up again because um, people realize it's just about having a good time, you know, why <laughs> do you know, do something you'll enjoy versus, oh, I got to be cool and do something <laughs> that's cool, you know. <laughs> Should I turn my phone the other way or is it cool like this? Or Either way, whichever is easier for you. Uh, it doesn't matter. I guess I'll just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> but because it was, like I said, it was kind of interesting to, to think about how there's there's snapshots for things. And, you know, I think, like I said, with music, you can point to some bands where it's like this band was kind of the one that took us and, and ascended the whole scene and genre or whatever. And that subsequently, sometimes the hierarchy of just how things fall, that it's like around the time from what I remember, and you know, you're a part of it, literally. So it was kind of interesting to think about talking about it was just, does that same kind of thing happen across the board unilaterally, like inline skating, maybe didn't get as big as skateboarding, but it did it feel like something that was culturally going to help put all of you on the map? Did it feel like it was something that kind of elevated the entire existence of it for all of you yeah i mean it was i think so it like uh at least in the public view of seeing the action sports it like brought it to another level and then but we were only a part of the x games for another 
three or four years after that. So, um, I mean, we also did overseas X games after that too. And, you know, we never stopped riding. So, um, but I think it did boost action sports for sure all around the board. This might be an interesting kind of going back to, to being a child or whatever, but you know, something I've heard being said from a friend of mine on his podcast, when he talks to people who, you know, like Chino from the Deftones who skateboards and so forth. And when he said this, it, it's kind of interesting because I feel like it's sort of how creative people interact with their environments as a whole, where you're able to kind of see things differently. Cause like maybe you're seeing a line that you can kind of, okay, I can hit this. I can hit this transition here. I can grind down here. Like you're kind of looking at the world, not necessarily as just here's steps, here's this, here's this. You're looking kind of at a, a through line of all of it to to do something. Do you feel that you had that ability to kind of see the world differently than everyone else, even before kind of inline skating? Yeah, I mean, it's just, and when I started skating, just being able to see, like, I can't even drive around without looking at stuff that I want to skate, <laughs> even to this day. And it's like, you know, I mean, like after we get off this interview, I'm actually going to go try to skate a rail, um, you know, and there's no, it's just for my own personal wanting to, I don't have to do it for any sponsors or for any, anybody. I just saw the rail. I'm like, Oh, I want to go do that rail. So, you know, hopefully I do it if not, or get kicked out, who knows, but <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I'm like, you're never too old. No, <laughs> it's just about, you know, doing what you enjoy. So it's just interesting to think about, the idea of even at a young age and through, you know, something as freeing as, you know, skateboarding or inline skating or, you know, whatever it is, that thing that you do that you're passionate about, that's uh, in a, an alternative sport of sorts of just kind of how you're able to see things completely differently than I think others and, and take in what's around you for an abstract beauty that maybe most don't. And even yeah, trying to I mean, articulate those like kind a, of things. It's kind of like an art, you know, and, passion all wrapped in one you know art form you can use it as and, and then like with music goes really good with ski action sports like they're hand in hand like warp tours we did Ozfest, just amazing you know i mean i don't know everyone I, huh? I was gonna say i was trying to think wasn't there was it 90 was it 98 maybe 97 when uh warp tour and Ozfest had like those couple of shows that were together and they had like brought all of like both festivals together for like one or two dates. Oh, I don't know if I saw that one. That's awesome. Like, I mean, they always are doing rad stuff, but I know Warped Tour always had a vert ramp for a while and I got to skate that a little bit. And then we did the last Ozfest was really cool, but I didn't know they went together. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it was like one or two dates. I remember, I mean, this is kind of dating myself, but like, you know, like I said, back back in the day when you had like random comps and stuff like that, like they had, there was like a compilation. It was like, I think it was like a warp Tour comp for, for that year. And then in the middle of it, I think when Deftones were playing, it was like, oh yeah. And then on the tour, we linked up with OzFest and we just merged the festivals for like this one or two dates. And yeah. It was just like fucking sick to like see like all the inline skaters, the you know BMXers and all that kind of stuff, just doing their thing. And it's I don't know, it's just so weird to think about a time in an, in an age where sports and music were like action sports and so forth were so synced, literally and figuratively, together and supportive of one another, but that that doesn't seemingly really exist anymore. Like you know, we just had Nitro Circus come through here a couple of days ago, and 
it just seemed like everyone would, like when people were like, oh, I didn't know that was coming. I really like that stuff. And I was like, oh, well, why aren't you going? They're like, I don't know. And it's just kind of like it's kind of weird to see like like a, and that's where I was kind of saying with the 900 and all that kind of stuff where it's interesting to kind of think about how certain things seemingly are in people's lives. And they're like, that's just that was this part of my life. And, and I'm not really into it anymore and like where does that go like where does i think maybe the internet uh because they can just see it all the time on the internet they're like why go watch it in person which is a whole different you know that's why people go to football games and some like to watch it on tv because there's different experiences you get when you see it live with action sports you never know what's going to happen so it's amazing to see live you know it's crazy to see some of these some of the people still going through. I mean, <clears throat> it's crazy to me to see, like, like I said, thinking about how, like you were just saying a little bit ago, because when I was looking back, trying to remember how long, like the, the inline skating boom, because there's a handful of people that I know that were like my bartender friends that still are into it. You know, that's still something they go do. And I was thinking about a photo of my friend, Josh, like he was doing a rail or something. And the next thing you know, like the photo he posted on Facebook was, him just with this gnarly gash in his head, but he's got his like hands on his knees. He's like waiting for his turn to go run the line again. And he's just got blood dripping from his face. And I was just like, you know, that looks gnarly as shit. And I, I definitely probably wouldn't have done that. But I was like, there was just it, like I said, this, this heavily wrapped in nostalgia thing of like those that keep doing it kind of seemingly live this, this infinite childhood of sorts or this adolescence, Whereas some of us kind of Peter Pan out of it. And then it's like, now we're living in the real world going, I wish I still would have done that. Or I wonder why I don't do that or whatever. Yeah. So it's been look back and wish they kept doing it. You know, like you said, having, I know you have a uh, trying to remember. I saw an interview from a few years ago. So I'm trying to up the date. Uh, I think you have a 10 year old now. If my math's correct. He's 11. Yeah. 11. Okay. Close. Yeah. How has it been? Because as someone who doesn't have kids, and I, and I don't want kids, but I do <laughs> find it interesting, kind of the purity of of children, of you know that they don't they don't bullshit about things, they don't lie. Typically, they haven't learned yet, and it's always interesting to kind of see them getting to like, for an example, uh, talking to Brian from Shadows Fall, and his kids weren't old enough when he was still touring. And they were getting ready to do a reunion show. And he was, I was like, are you excited for your kids to see what you did? Like, yes, you can show them YouTube and stuff like that, but to have them be there, it's totally different. Having your kid now that I believe it would be at an age where he can understand what you do and maybe even, you know, be involved with it with you. If he wanted to go down that road, what has that been like to kind of maybe go back through your old memories and maybe kind of start doing a, a new level of bonding with your child in, you know, if he's into sports or whatever. Oh, it's amazing. And, and, uh, he is into almost every single thing I like to do, which is cool. Cause I don't push him to do anything. Um, he really likes to BMX ride. He's into martial arts. He's in already a black belt in Taekwondo. He's, uh, started fighting jujitsu with me too. Um, and he loves rollerblading and inline skating. <clears throat> and so it's really easy because um, we just like to do the same stuff and I don't push it on him. So to bring him out there and skate with him is just amazing. And his progression is so good. But I think it's also cool that he gets to see me do it with him and not just talk about it, like you said. Is there a weird duality of wanting to push him to try to become better at these things? 
but also yeah, I mean, not try... wanting to have him get hurt in the process. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a fine line because I don't want anyone to, uh, you know, I would never want him to get hurt, but that's part of the stuff. So I push, you know, safety and everything. But at the same time, we I kind of know his boundaries. He knows his boundaries on how hard to push him and what he's able to do. Like, <clears throat> But I'm not like some of the parents that are just like, drop in this huge thing, it's easy. And they just sit there and watch. Like I can actually help him walk him through it and do it with him. And, you know, and I can see if he's really scared not to over push him because what's the point, you know, he's going to get to, you know, it's more about bonding and having a good time and the progression will show up there no matter what, as long as you're having a good time. I think that's always the interesting thing about it. You know, I remember growing up, like I was always kind of small and tiny and, you know, playing football and, you know, doing all these kind of contact sports and wrestling. I remember a lot of times my parents being very leery of like, Oh, what if you get hurt? And it's like, then I get hurt. That's, that's kind of life, but yeah, you know. I would always look at it. Like, I don't know. I had a weird mentality. Cause I'm like, you could walk across the street and get hit by a car. I mean, anything could happen, but you know, the chances of you getting hurt are a little higher, but that's where the boundaries of, you know, your limits, you know, but at the same time, I've got some of the most injury or the hardcore injuries I've had or have been on the easiest things that I know how to do. <laughs> you just aren't ready or like you're too tired or you're not paying attention and you trip on a 180 and all of a sudden you split your head open and you're like, well, how did that happen? You know, but that's why you got to be aware of everything. <laughs> Something you, you kind of had mentioned a little bit ago, you know, doing things for for the love of yourself and not for sponsors and stuff like that, you know. Like I said, with not really having an avenue to really kind of talk about the same parallels between music and sports and stuff like that, you know, I think that almost speaks to something a little bit bigger where it's like, you know, that mentality of still having the passion for doing something because you just love to do it. But also knowing that once you hit a certain level of professionalism or, you know, once you have these contractual obligations for things that now it is a career, it's a, a thing you actually have to take seriously. Was it hard as you have traversed a career in in action sports and inline skating and so forth to ride, no pun intended, to ride the line of, you know, having to do things professionally versus because of the just wanting to do something? And was there ever burnout because of one or the other? Yeah, sometimes there was some burnouts and like uh, certain shows got a little repetitive, I would say, you know, because I do a lot of shows too and and or some obligations for your sponsors. But I tried to always make it fun. But like things like sometimes school shows can get repetitive and you have to get up early and then you set up your own ramps and then you do the show and then you tear them down. It just puts a lot on your body. But then when you do the show, just showing the kids and they're you know just seeing them how impressed and how you could be changing their lives after you do the show you're like oh this is so worth it but sometimes you know during it you're like oh i'm setting up these ramps i'm getting up early this is hard but then you get the reward you know and it makes it worth it you know and there's always times you know if you have like a three-month contract of shows you're like uh today i don't really want to skate you know but <laughs> not too often but I, I, if that happens i try to like do different things in the show to make it interesting for myself um which is always good that we have options to do you know like you don't have to do a 180 here every time you know you just have to make sure you're in a spot so you don't run into someone 
<laughs> and then the, and, and that is always why it's awesome because you could get hurt doing the littlest thing so you so that that way it does bring it to like oh i i should be paying attention i need to not um goof around and and get bored of this because something could happen if i dig around do you do you feel that that kind of Sorry, I'm trying to. That's kind of the the pro or the con of of not having prep questions and just kind of being in the moment and having a conversation. Oh, no problem. It's, it's yeah. hard for the the thought to kind of finalize. But you know, I don't think in life. Actually, I do think in life. Actually, there's a lot of instances where some of the the biggest things that can happen to you are so easily avoided, and and the mistake that we make is in thinking or over under assuming the severity or danger of whatever it is that we're doing because it's oh it's just this and mistakes happen and and that's when people can can really mess up you know different aspects of their lives is that something because of like you said like sustaining injuries because i was i was tired and i should have probably ended it on the last run but i wanted one more thing do you feel like that has allowed you to notice those kind of same instances in your actual like day-to-day life away from skating yeah, I mean, skating has same thing in life. Like it, it is, people don't understand because you fall almost more times than you land stuff, you know, or you don't land a trick, you know, learning. They don't see all that part. And that helps you in life because you fail all the time. In life, you're going to fail all the time. And you have to just keep going and going and going. So it is a big, uh, you know, help in life with skating and jujitsu. Same, you know, those um just constantly reminder of you know um, <laughs> it's not like life will always throw you something crazy so um just got to keep getting back up and going going you know you fall seven times you get back up eight and keep going i actually saw it looked like you did your first uh competition this i think it was this last weekend uh jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. uh no it was my first but it was a world master world championships in Vegas. Okay. How was it? I've done, it was good. I've done like some, my 15th or 16th competition now. Okay. I thought I remember, oh, cause for some reason I thought I remember seeing, Oh, I think maybe I misunderstood it. Cause you said this is my first match. So I thought literally it was your first match. Not oh, probably no, yeah, first, match first match of the, of the tournament. Yeah. It was my first match of that tournament. So, okay. It's always, it's, do you still get nervous to do those? Cause I feel like thinking back, like it's not quite the same, but it's the same environment. And, and seeing your video of that just took me back to like all the wrestling tournaments that I went to and just being like, oh, I'm so nervous. But then I'm also like, it's a hurry up and wait thing. Cause like, if yeah. you like, as soon as you're done, you got like in some cases hours before your next oh, match, yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, I-, I think uh, skating helped me tremendously with, competing jiu-jitsu too and um i mean still at first it was really scary but it's starting to get a little bit easier but at the same time you have to have that fear or that nervousness it helps you because if you have none then you're just expecting you know like i said you can get hurt in any of that stuff all the time there's there's risk factors so going into these things you got to have some nerves you have to be scared and it helps you prepare better i think because if you're like, I'm the best, I'm this, 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 I mean, you have to think that, but at the same time, 
you have to have a reality check and be like, something could happen. So I think it helps you better. And last time I competed in inline, inline skating, I was nervous too. Um, sometimes even little shows, I'm more nervous for some weird reason. Like, <laughs> But, you know, you can fall doing any of that stuff. So, And I've always had questions like, don't you feel stupid or nervous or weird when you fall? I'm like, no, because most people can't do what we're doing. And, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's funny. I, I think about that all the time. Like sometimes I'll just trip on like while walking and I'll be the first one to laugh at myself because I, I realize how probably dumb it looked from someone else's perspective oh, or yeah. funny or whatever. And I'm just like, and someone's like, why do you laugh at yourself? I'm like, why not? Like, yeah, it's funny. Gotta... I almost ate shit. Like, how funny is yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. I look at life like that, too. Like, I spill my milk. I'm like, eh, whatever, you know, I don't drink milk, but spill a drink. And I'm like, yeah. You know, when life moves on, it's not that big of a deal, you know. No. Laugh at myself, for sure. Do you feel that... Because, you know, I would imagine... Like, I didn't... I was not very good at inline skating. More of roller skating was my thing with actual have a more of a foundation. Um, But even thinking kind of of body awareness and spatial awareness and so forth, do you feel that because of what you do with your inline skating and what you've learned how to manipulate manipulate your body and know your spatial awareness as, as best as one can do you feel like it actually was more of an easier transition into going into like mixed martial arts and so forth oh for sure i think balance has helped me a lot like um i mean and like you said awareness and just <clears throat> in aspects of all life too but also martial arts it's helped me um and yeah, I mean, I've just skated for so long. It's weird because I'll go a little bit of time without it. And then I put them on and it just feels normal, <laughs> um, you know, because I've skated for so long. I've uh, toured for 27 years now doing rollerblading, inline skating, and, and uh, I've been skating about 30, I think. So it's insane to think about how long. Yeah, 30 years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not not trying to, to go dark with this, but it's something I always find a kind of interesting and actually was just talking to someone about this uh, the other day. You know, there is a finite career, you know, art that you can have. Eventually your body just won't be able to do this at the level that you're used to doing it. Is it weird to think about that you have less time potentially of doing this than you obviously have been doing it and thinking about what your life will be like when you're not, Jaron, you know, the inline skater, you know, like having this thing attached to you for so long and then having to kind of figure out who you are now without it. Oh, for sure. It always goes through my head. Um, I just don't think about it too often, but it's been that way for years and years and years because for some reason, people in the world want to tell you that you're old, that you can't do it, <laughs> that um, they always want to. I mean, even when I was like, 15 and I got hurt they're like oh you're kind of getting old I'm like what I mean literally I was 20 years old and they're like you're kind of you know you're rollerblading at 20 you know it's, you're kind of getting old <laughs> and now I'm 41 doing the same shit it's like <laughs> you know you show them back then so you know there, like you said there is a time in every sport and everything that your body just can't handle it and it's gradually going there you know like I don't do everything I used to do but I think I just want to keep skating because I think I've seen 60, 70 year olds skate around. And as long as you got that a part of your life, it's still going to be a part of your life. Just not to the extent that you thought it was. 
like MMA fighters won't be able to fight, but they can maybe train some martial arts still to have it in there, you know, and it's not the same thing I understand, but at least if they can still have it a little bit of part of their life. And I also have my mind open to many things. Like I started martial arts, um, other things that my son gets involved in. I love to join, um, and mostly they are physical, which that does suck because you can't do that forever. <laughs> but music, I'm really into music, you know, and you can play instruments, you can sing probably till you die. Um, yeah. And that's what's so good about music and it goes hand in hand with action sports. And that's a huge thing. And um, those are the most of the people I look up to as musicians. So I'm very intrigued by music and, uh, you know, so I just think as long as you have other passions, that you really are involved in it is not such a big, um, you know, hit in the face when you can't do what you truly love forever. Speaking, you know, to the music side of things, and obviously with them being so synonymous, like we've already talked about, is that because I feel like, you know, everything is kind of a, a degree or two away from who you know. And in those, especially, I mean, if you've done a couple warp tours, like I, have been to a few and know people who have done them. And it's just like the friends you make are like lifelong because it's, it's sort of, you know, as they always said, it's a, it's a punk rock summer camp basically. And even kind of in thinking about that, it's like, you see so many crossover between, you know, people coming in, you know, maybe someone's doing background vocals on a record or whatever, because they just happen to be there. Is that something that you have kind of parlayed into in, in your career is kind of, getting into music and i guess a good example of that in your world that i've seen more recently has been tj lavin you know i think he co-owns oh, yeah. a bar and you see him all the time you know on his instagram lives and all that kind of stuff of him playing out a lot more and kind of showcasing yeah i was that just in vegas and we were gonna go stop by there and we just didn't have the time but yeah i mean i would love to get involved in music in any type of way um you know like you said singing there's uh Elliot Smith or Salone, I mean, skateboarder. Steve Caballero plays in bands. There's Mike Vallely. There's tons of people that are into bands that, you know, and like that would be amazing. Like you said, just to even help out, like backup vocals, you know, just oh, a song and then feature, you know, you would be amazing to come in and get to be a part of it. You know, I just have to, you have to put some time in though, you know, it's just not <laughs> going to happen. If you just, that's what I get frustrated about when I pick up a guitar. I'm like, nothing's happening. Fuck this and throw it down. <laughs> but 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 but, uh, but in, in everything skating and jujitsu, you have to start, you know, knowing nothing and and then eventually get there. And you know, same with music. Same with all the action sports and martial arts. There's never you always can learn. Yeah, that's what's amazing. There's always some type of music, and you know, people like different genres, and and it just goes on forever you know so i would assume then based on that that you you being in bands wasn't a part of like your your youth at all like growing up um well like in my house we had drums guitars music so we'd always be jamming and doing like stuff and i just would be partying too hard to actually pay attention to what the hell is going on and make it actual good effort <laughs> in it but all my lots of my friends and always started bands and stuff and um Mostly just I was always with skating. So, but I should have been doing both at the same time, um, like more serious, you know. But we always had uh, instruments around music. I grew up 
my dad just with music constantly playing my mom was in choirs different things playing piano like there's a it's been and it is always will be a huge part of my life is number one music is i mean we this, had like like you said deftones they came and played for us at a contest we'd have you know and it's just awesome to see that it's a and again correct me if i'm wrong you grew up in utah right yeah i'm actually here right now visiting my family having had some people on the podcast that are from utah and grew up in there in different parts whether it be like orm or salt lake or sandy or whatever you know there's obviously strong you know mormonism going through a lot of uh i'll say um kind of a, a bit of a repression from a lot of the normal thing quote-unquote normal things that i think a lot of people experience uh with you know pop culture and music and, and all these kind of things in in place of you know religion and so forth was that something really you had to kind of go through or is you know maybe you're able to offer a different point of living in utah than the people i've had on oh uh, yeah no when i was uh i grew up in orem utah and my family was religious so i went to church until i was about 12 years old and i was like this is not for me whatsoever <laughs> i uh, <laughs> don't agree with half the shit they say and everything which is do each their own whatever but um and then i just started uh doing my own thing and my parents were okay with it you know and then i left on tour at age 14 and once i started seeing the rest of the uh, the world it was kind of an eye-opener and how many other religious religions there were and you know not that like you know when you're raised a certain way you think this is the only thing there is until you get opened up and travel and see oh there's a state next to us there's a country next to us and everything is different in every one of these places um and it just wasn't for me so and it was good my family wasn't like you have to do this or we uh you know will abandon you and all that no they were supportive of anything i did which was really good and helped me and um yeah i don't know i think most all religions are pretty kooky so <laughs> it, it was pretty weird and some of the stuff they believed in and tried to ram down people's throat but majority of it was good for like being a good human yeah i think that's the part of most religions where i i feel like that's where i'm like that's i'll admit that i think a lot of it is good for setting i guess an example of how to leave lead a life where you're not a shit person <laughs> but there's yeah. other aspects of a lot of aspects of a lot of them where i'm just like yeah i saw a lot mm -hmm. of people that would talk all this stuff but they would in the time they weren't at church they were not what they said they wouldn't practice what they preached and then i was like well okay so what every sunday you're reborn or something and you're just fine and you know so as i've tended to find even in, in first-hand experiences with some of my own family that's kind of going through these you know reawakenings it's it seems that for them, for people, and I get it, you know, having gone to therapy and stuff like that, like I understand what it is. It's, it's not dealing with certain things that have happened to you in your life. It's, uh, you know, religion allows you to have that kind of fix all band aid for, you know, if you were a shit person before, well, I've atoned and now I'm, I'm back on a fresh, fresh start. And it's like, I get it. And I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's, and, I, and it's really something you actually kind of hit on. And I think maybe it's what's allowed you to have, 
and I think a lot of people to have the worldviews they do is literally because they travel, because you can see something beyond your own little world that you have. The people who think exactly like you, the hive mentality, basically of living anywhere. Um, you know, it's it's interesting as I've done more traveling just here in the states in the last couple of years with my wife and friends, and, and getting to see more of the world around me. That in some instances, it's taught me that the that we all are the same, you know, like going to Oregon and seeing the rampant homelessness and, you know, going to out to L.A. and seeing it, too, and just kind of being like, these are people indirectly who are trying to escape where they lived and wanted better for themselves and for whatever happened, happened. And now that this is where they are. And yeah, everyone has problems and they have to deal with them in different ways. And like, you know, it's a, it's a wild world we live in for sure. <laughs> But I think it's once you are able to start kind of seeing the world for what it is and, and how people are, that it gets it seemingly would be a lot harder to me to to still have that like kind of single mindedness of, well, this is how life is. And it's like, but you literally can see that it's not. So like, yeah. how would it not change you? And and I feel like, you know, I constantly talk about this thing of like how a lot of bands get signed young and a lot of people get signed young and go tour when they're younger. Cause you know, you have no responsibilities really. And about how it probably shapes you to be a, probably a, a, a better person in the grand scheme of things, because you're, you're taking in all these new experiences that others will never have. So you, you're kind of already elevated in a mental capacity and so forth and some others, but I'm oh, also yeah. at I, times. I learned... What were you saying? No, I was just going to say to finish the thought um, was also, though, at times it's like, but at 14, you don't know who the fuck you are either. Yeah, like, you're still yeah. figuring out what you're doing. So like, it's a weird duality of like, you're getting these experiences and living a life that others will never understand unless they do it. But then at yeah, the same time, the, uh, you're missing out. Oh, yeah. You miss out on some of the things like in school I missed out on. But at the same time, I left a tour when I was 14. And I literally learned more in one year of touring than I learned in almost all of my schooling because they were telling me things and then I would actually get to see them in real life and figure out what is actually happening and what's really true. And I learned so much within the first couple of years of touring around. Like you said, it's just amazing to make you a, a way, you know, you're street smart, you're, but you actually experience the things that they're trying to tell you in school firsthand. And then you have your own, you know, real true experiences and judgment yeah. on all of it. Is it kind of going back to your kid? Is it interesting to see how different even just going to school is now for kids versus when like we went to school? Oh yeah. And then with all the technology, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it I I haven't figured out if like I'm I'm more jealous of kids now who have technology to do stuff or if I'm more appreciative kind of of having to have like tactile things that I had to like have and learn and all that kind I'm of kinda, stuff. I'm kind of stoked we have the both because we have the both of uh, the best of both worlds because when I started touring, no one had a cell phone, no one had anything. You had so much more freedom just to be. And, and when you were younger, you found all these fun things to do without... You know, if you're like, oh, let's go skate over here, you couldn't tell someone a pinpoint or a GPS to get there. <laughs> You'd say, pass this flagpole, you know, that little school around back, okay, and everyone would meet there. It was like, <laughs> it's crazy how it worked, but it worked out. And, uh, you know, and we had more uh, open-mindedness of you know, games to play and things to do to keep ourselves entertained. 
and now it's just like a lot of the kids just sit there and which isn't you know to each their own plays video games or do whatever um but i think it's cool and now we get to see both sides of the spectrum i think the thing that's in that i tend to think of when i think about it is i feel like at least we were allowed to fail and not be judged as much as people <laughs> nowadays like when they fail they they basically are failing potentially like in front of the whole world yeah. whereas when we did it like it just kind of was like maybe like a few people know that i ate shit or i wasn't good at this <laughs> class or i you know whatever happened and it yeah. wasn't spread on the internet for like everyone to keep making fun of me for that one thing and oh, i just yeah, kind of think about that make a meme about it <laughs> yeah it's yeah. just it's harsh kids have to get a uh, you know some thick skin now because of all the judgments and stuff like that and like you said they can just put it online anywhere yeah i feel like i was even kind of thinking about that leading up to this chat too of just like you know there used to be you know the quote-unquote mixtapes and so forth of like you know different tricks you know like oh here's my spot on this video here was you know whatever and you know we would tend to watch those if it was a vhs we'd rewind it or whatever or you know when dvds came out you could actually kind of slow it down a little bit more and and break down tricks and so forth but it was interesting to kind of think about how even that's changed i feel like uh, from a professional standpoint like instead of really trying to to do something for your one part or to make the cut in a video now you're having to basically do that probably every like at a certain point with technology more frequently than you were used to doing because now you have to create this this brand for yourself and this oh, online yeah. persona and thinking about how that maybe that even changed how like you approach doing what you do as a professional yeah i mean it's easier because you can get out your content to everyone easier but at the same time like you said like they want more they want more they there's a and more demand for it so it's harder because yeah you have to produce more stuff for sure and like you know make your own brand pretty much um versus back then yeah it was weird i don't know how we even were popular without all the damn internet <laughs> social medias <laughs> back then i can only imagine because like uh, i had a video game come out and there was no social media but if there was my social media would have been like off the chart um just because of the fact you know and then when we were on ESPN all the time, like every day, then the social media would have blew up. And then I wouldn't, I only wanted it for free stuff and sponsors. You know, I could care less now, but you know, it would have been a good thing <clears throat> to help out with money wise for sure. And easier to get out there. It's so interesting to think about how just so much of sports as a whole has changed, you know, like now with, with, like I was literally watching a, a quick little video thing on something. It came up as like a sponsored video on probably Instagram or something. And it was talking about this, like, I think he's 10. Um, but he's like the literally, I think the fastest kid. Um, but he's like a football player. He runs track, does all this stuff. I think he's called like blaze or blaze kid. Or I don't know something, but they're saying between like his endorsements, the contracts he signed uh for different things like to to work with companies or whatever this kid is probably worth like 10 to 20 million dollars already and like you're thinking and seeing like the these new nil contracts that are going through college sports and and making 
these prof- these pro ams as they used to call them like they oh you're a, you're a uh an amateur athlete and you know these universities and shit would make hundreds of millions of dollars off these kids and then you know if they don't have a successful career then they just you know they didn't get to make any money off of the way that everyone's utilizing their likenesses or whatever to sell you know their programs and such and it's just it's a it's wild in the last year to just see how it's changed everything and how between it it almost seems like it's it's bridging the gap between entertainment and branding with sports which has always been there but it feels like the the gap is lessening than it used to be oh yeah it's crazy and then if you even get dark deeper into that with whole whole people that have no um talents that get famous and make money off like tiktok shit that's a whole nother thing that's just gross to me but um, <laughs> it's like they do a stupid dance and they make money i'm like mm, I, I like to see some talent you know but it is wild that they're opportunities like that kid you're saying just just because you didn't have that back in the day you know you just heard word of mouth maybe oh there's a kid out here that can run really fast or something well it's crazy to even think and again this is kind of more of like the world of it that i knew because i know that there were obviously kids in quite a few of the action sports but you know really thinking about like brian sheckler and nigel houston and kind of seeing how they've literally grown up uh in the in the limelight of kind of carrying a sport from you know some of the the predecessors they used to come up with and to a degree you know i you know i can't speak to it personally but from afar and and kind of having seen their careers it, it sort of seems like it's really kind of jaded them to a lot and it's i feel like it like some people when i see like a lot of negative comments about like who these people are their characters and so forth I kind of have to be like, you have to realize that these kids have like kind of like yourself, you know, started this shit so young yeah, and to kind of be, anything. you didn't know anything. And, and also now you're also kind of being hyped to be the next saviors that are going to take this sport to wherever it's going to go from here. Like, how do you not expect that to potentially either give them huge egos or if they don't succeed in some capacity for whatever reason, how do you not expect that to damage them? Yeah. Or they're in the limelight to where they do one little thing that shouldn't be such a big deal. And it makes it such a bigger deal. Like, or, you know, they're out in the public and they don't say hi to someone, they're a dick all of a sudden. And it's like, well, they don't even know you. <laughs> why Why are they all of a sudden a dick? Because they didn't say hi to you. Um, you know, like maybe we're, they're humans. They maybe have a bad day too, you know. And, and that's pretty hard, especially with any celebrities. But in the action sports world or anything, when you're young, like you said, they all they wanted to do was do their sports. And then it became a career and they made money out of it. And then, then they got popularity and famous. And it's like... You know, a lot of people don't know how to act when they get to that level of fame. Without this, because I'm going to ask this question, and I know from when I, just even how it sounds in my head, I'm like, this sounds like such a shitty backhanded thing to say, but I totally do not mean it that way. In one sense, when you kind of see some of the, the sustained and longevity of the same, like a skateboarding and maybe even bmx stuff to a degree do you feel that maybe inline skating having such a short burst of popularity maybe kept you grounded a lot more than maybe some of your other contemporaries 
Yeah, probably because it, it was like a huge burst and then it shut down and then you're like, okay, I can see what can happen. <laughs> like, you know, at the time you thought, oh man, this money's going to keep coming in, popularity, all this stuff. And then it stopped all at once and that was a real hit in the face. And, um, but it's starting to come back, um, which is awesome, you know, so it's not dying away. Um, and people that do it just love to do it. But <clears throat> like what were you saying? Just that they, uh, when you see, I guess it's more of when you see sometimes, like the, I guess we'll call it the trappings of success. When you see what some of these other people have had to endure from having, I guess, more of a public persona, more spotlight on them because of the sport they they are a part of being more popular in pop culture. Do you feel that maybe it has allowed you to stay grounded in more of who you are versus potentially all of the fame and all the money and all the stuff if it had been yeah. kept going at such a young yeah, age you think maybe that would have happened to you it might have but i think uh, just how i was raised helped a lot too with my um, you know and i had my wild days too where you know <laughs> um and and just the uh getting older you kind of just become wiser i think a lot of times and all the experiences of having that if it comes around more now you know how to deal with it you know um, but if it was consistently, you know, I don't know if I would have been a different person or, um, how things would have been. Just kind of thinking back to you saying, you know, at 20, I was considered like old and, and on the down, down decline. <laughs> and just thinking about how even that's kind of weird that you're in a profession that is perpetually uh, moving forward through youth and, and new new blood coming in at all times and how weird it must be to just kind of constantly be told like oh you're old you're old you're on the yeah and it, was, and it was mostly it was mostly just the people that didn't do it ah. um you know it was mostly i mean always there was younger people in it but as long as you kept up with them you were considered irrelevant you know but um just people i don't know why they always want to you know maybe just with their self, they're not happy or something, or they just think that it's impossible to do something that long. I don't know. But, uh, you know, like now, yes, it is super hard to keep up with the 20 year olds, you know, I mean, in skating, but I still try. Um, but I don't take it seriously like that. I just do it cause I love it. And that's how I get away with, you know, like, Oh, I don't have to do the crazy stuff unless I want to now. And they ha they pretty much have to to stay, on top of it so you know something you you've said a few different times is you know that the the sport is kind of coming back into to popularity in, in a more mainstream way what do you what are you seeing now that has like you excited are you know because i i think of god really any fucking sport i've been watching for as long as i have you know I was just actually talking to my wife uh, yesterday because we were watching the documentary on uh, I think it's Netflix or Hulu uh, about uh, Tim McDonaghy, the NBA referee that got caught gambling and kind of point shaving uh, and how he was tied to the New York mob and all this kind of stuff. And it was weird watching the flashbacks to the games like it showed his first game and it showed some of the game, the big games that he was a part of. And to see some of the players, I was like, I realize I think I'm on my like fourth or fifth generation of players in yeah, NBA and I'm, and I'm not even that old. Yeah. And it's weird to kind of think about when you're a fan of all these different sports, how 
you know, you can see like a whole career. Like I saw Tom Brady when he played here at Michigan and now he's pretty much almost done with his professional career, probably in the last year or two. And he's, you know, done is all that he's done. And it, I don't feel like, I don't feel like that much time has gone by. Sports is one of those weird things that when you start thinking about wherever you you came in as a fan, that when you see these new talents, you see how the game has changed. You see how the sport has evolved into whatever it is now. Typically, it's faster. It's more exciting. It's it's sexier. It's all these buzzwords marketing people want to use. But from someone who's in it, what has it been like to see possibly now the second, third, fourth, fifth generations possibly coming up since you started? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always sucks that you're not going to be, you know, <laughs> able to do it. That's always a thing. But, uh, and also having a son is really cool. Cause he could be the next part of the, that new wave. Um, and a lot of the people that have can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, I got a, I got a phone call. Sorry. Um, that, uh, I don't know what the hell I was saying. Oh, the next generation. Yeah. Just that uh, it's cool because, you know, you just have to be accepting. and, and uh, But it's kind of funny because a lot of the things they do have already been done. And they think it's new. So that's always funny. <laughs> They're like, check this new thing out. And we're like, we did that 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but to them, they've never seen it because they weren't watching it 15 years ago. I guess I've never but, really uh, th- thought of that. You know, we we often hear the joke of like in music, you know, there's only so many notes. There's only so many different things you can do. You can't really push music much beyond what it's, what it's, where it's been, where it's gone, you know, same sort of with most sports, you know, other than changing rules, getting things faster, speed and all that kind of stuff. There's the game itself is, it's the same. The sport itself is always the same. It's just, you know, how people learn to change based on, whatever the next generation of players is doing. And I feel like it's funny that even as you're saying that in inline skating and, and action sports and all that kind of stuff, I'm probably just sitting here thinking the same thing, like where it's like, it's what happens with, with trends, clothing trends and so forth. You know, you, right now all the kids are wearing 90 shit. And like my wife and I are just like this, like you dressing poor now like how we were when we were poor and made fun of now is cool it is accepted and trendy. It is, yeah and it's like what the fuck like if i wore a champion back in the day man i was broke and didn't have any money and i got made fun of now you're all decked out in champion and it means you have money and you're cool and da 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 it's, and it's very weird yeah. it's weird to see and we, like then we had the epiphany that we we're like this is probably how our parents felt when like our generation was getting into like 70s styles and so forth and they're like oh, oh you yeah don't know that is hilarious. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. Uh, it's I am one that does not try to follow the crowd. So uh, any of those, <laughs> uh, yeah, those uh, news, whatever trends go on, I'm like, no, thanks. But uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you can't help know. but like see it. Like even going to oh yeah, like urban urban outfit outfitter the other day. I was like, why are we bringing tape players back? Why are we bringing like CD players back? Like the portable ones. I was like, they don't work as good as what we have now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to rollerblade around with a damn Walkman that would skip. And then like, in a, in a well, you didn't have player. the G shock on. <laughs> I did. I did. But it was like, I had to like win that through the contest and I got the G shock and then that would work for a while, but I'd get so crazy and skip. And 
to have a thing this big in your damn pocket and skate with and then it went to like the ipod oh man it was amazing and then i could have what hundreds of hundreds of songs like and i could skip them instead of listening to the whole tape and then turning it over and listening to um but it was a good experiences but yeah why why go back when you um you know i don't know maybe just the retro they want to feel like they're part of it our days it's weird i feel like at times as you get older all you want to do is not age and then as you, when you're a kid you hit this you like, want to age yep <laughs> kind of you just kind of want to experience all these things because like you just i don't know i don't know if it's because you as kids typically we feel like we know so much and, and there's that level of like invincibility of like i just i can do whatever whenever and nothing's going to happen to me that you just kind of want to pursue all these different things that you think are cool whatever it is throughout time and you you know like i said i know growing up and going to high school like there was kind of that big 70s revival and people were like oh hendrix was the god and you know listening to all these different bands and, and stuff like that and it's just like why like it's weird that you have this connection to an era and a time that you were never a part of but yet you feel like you do because you have some of the same like some of a smattering of the same experiences that some people had in that same time frame, but like you didn't live in that time. So there's no way you know what it's like, or yeah. to tell me that that's better than the era we're living in now. Cause you just, you don't, you can't. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> didn't mean to turn this into like the, we're getting old men, uh, get off. Oh on no. Podcast. <laughs> you're, only, you're only as old as you feel, man. I mean, I, I'm never growing up. Like I said, I'm going to go skate after this interview. Like it's, it's all about how you perceive things, you know? I mean, I uh, live my life in a lot of different ways than most people. I live it as in, I'm going to make myself happy regardless. Um, I'm going to do things that I want to do as long as they don't harm other people. And I'm a good person in life, you know? I'm uh, going to be happy. I'm not going to go get a regular job until I absolutely, absolutely have to. Um, and right now I get to go do shows right after after i visit my family in utah in ohio um, close to cincinnati until halloween and that's just amazing that i get to still have the opportunities at this age to do that you know so i'm i'm gonna pick less money over my happiness all the time i i feel like that's actually a really good place to to end this because i feel like it kind of yeah. in, incorporates a lot of what we were talking about of just finding ways to make yourself happy uh in light of you know the the fame which is fleeting and money which is fleeting and at the end of the day you know i think if you can look at yourself every day and be happy with the choices you're making i mean i don't understand how that wouldn't be considered a success yeah just be a better person and help others too and i agree Happiness is the number one thing. I don't know why people think money's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because they think it will afford, literally and figuratively afford them to happiness. Yes. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> nope. It's fleeting. Because uh, skating is doesn't cost me any money, and I'm gonna go do it and be happy right now. So. Hundred <laughs> percent. Plus, it you know probably dopamine triggers and so forth to oh, yeah. give you a little bit of that high and so forth that uh, others probably literally pay for to to get in artificial ways. Oh yeah. Where can uh, people find you or anything you would like to plug online? Uh, mostly on my Instagram at uh, the monster. And then my name, Jaron Grobe. 
and sometimes on Facebook at Jaron Grove. Those are the two I use mostly. And your soon to be launched TikTok page? <laughs> yeah, I have it, but <laughs> I you're probably know. like I, me and just go, I don't know what I'm doing with this. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. I started posting a couple skate things, and then they, they were like wanted to talk, like, hey, try it. whatever that TikTok voice is. No, I can't handle it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just am all real. I don't fake anything. So yeah, same. Very, very much obvious. Uh, you're a very authentic person. Uh, thank you for the time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully, you uh, are able to do whatever you sought out to do with that uh that spot uh that made you want to go out there today hopefully you're able to do do it and do it well and uh yeah, yeah thank you keep in touch i will for sure enjoy your rest of your day man thank you awesome no problem so that was my conversation with jaron grobe again i uh, want to thank him for the time to come on the show and to talk and you know it's interesting i've been thinking a lot more about some of my my questions that i ask people and i realized kind of in going back through and listening to some old podcasts because you know we're we're at the point now where we're getting closer to 400 than we have been in you know <laughs> since 300 i guess really but it was one of those things i realized i've asked a lot of people who have kids, you know, questions about what it's like having kids and, and being a part of their life, getting to see uh, things differently through their perspective, or even, you know, getting to showcase who they were before the kids actually, you know, were around. And to think about, you know, Jaron especially having his kid who's into all kinds of different sports and even, you know, skating and BMXing and all that kind of stuff. Like, is it weird to know that you want to push your kid to succeed and want to be the best that they can be. And sometimes that means like, you know, you, you might push yourself too far and, and get hurt or whatever, but that's a learning experience. But then also as the parent, you're like, I don't really want you doing that. Uh, so it's, it's interesting to kind of think about these things and, it's it maybe it's because like the school year just started and I'm seeing a lot of young kids uh, in my neighborhood going back to school as I literally live across the street from an elementary and just kind of seeing how people learn. I mean, it's it's been one of the interesting things uh, about a lot of my friends who have kids is sort of peripherally seeing how their minds work. I mean, I think one of my favorite stories of kind of coming to this idea and it, I don't think I've ever really said it on this show was. Um, a friend of mine who had uh, passed away, his kid, uh, when he was probably like seven or eight, I think, he we were playing in hide and seek, and I remember the the safe spot was like his bed or whatever in his bedroom. So if you you had to rush back there, and that was like the safe zone, and then if you didn't get tagged, then obviously you got to hide again. And the person had to find you, and I remember you know kind of running after him. And he stopped and was like, oh, look out for my toys, you know, don't step on my toys and so forth. And I made the comment to him, you know, well, if you picked up your toys, you know, when you're done playing with them, you, you wouldn't have to worry about people stepping on them or, or anything like that. And he just kind of looks befuddled and makes this like squinched little face thinking. And then he just goes, well, my dad says I only have to clean my toys up, you know, before I leave. Uh, so why would I pick basically like, why would I pick them up when I only have to pick them up right before I leave uh, to go to my mom's? And I kind of was just like, it was interesting to see him come up with that, that thought process and to, to be like, yeah, why would I have to pick them up? I only have to pick them up at the end of the weekend or before I leave to go home or whatever. So it was just kind of interesting to see uh, how his mind worked. And he's still, I was thinking about this the other day as well. Um, 
about how he had made the comment when we were eating french fries once he goes is this just mashed potatoes in a casing and as i ate a fry the other day i looked at it and thought of that and was just like it's really weird how a child's mind will work and can think of these things that as adults we probably would never fathom in a million years to think of it in that capacity but then you just kind of look at it you're like that's actually really fucking brilliant <laughs> for for as dumb as it may be um all of that said really enjoyed uh talking with jaron and, and you know getting to talk about a lot of different things uh, about his life uh through you know inline skating and, and what it's afforded him uh and where it, it will take him and where it has taken him um so i want to thank him again for taking the time uh if you would like to keep up with jaron it's simple enough you can find him on facebook at jaron grobe fan page uh instagram you can find him at the monster jaron grobe and twitter at jaron grobe um anything else it's all in the show notes uh, I'd, I'd take the time to actually find all these things for you so just look in the show notes you'll find everything and if you'd like to keep up with the podcast you can find a simple enough bruce week pod on all your major social platforms you can find us on all your major podcasting platforms uh we have a youtube channel if you would like to email me you can email me at brutally speaking at gmail.com if you'd like to support the show monetarily you can head on over to our patreon page where you can find all kinds of bonus content side podcasts all kinds of things over there if you would also like to support our sponsors, uh, you can do such by going over to rockabilly.com using our code BRUTALLY at checkout. Take 10% off your total purchase order. On Point Palmade, use our code BSP15 at checkout and take 15% off your total purchase order. And last but not least, The Bean Bastard. Head on over to TheBeanBastard.com, pick up some delicious coffee. They have handmade soaps. They have all kinds of goodies. And if you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head on over to the brick-and-mortar store and support those guys and gals uh, for doing such a great job of providing an awesome coffee drinking experience, a little nice little breakfasty kind of area as well with all the 80s nostalgia and so forth attached to uh, their shop. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John, and I will be back next time with Andrew from Johnny Booth. That was a good one. Can't wait to get into that one with you. Till then.